Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs, and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. I interview amazing entrepreneurs who've overcome tremendous challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share practical information and insight that can help you get past your blocks and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, and on YouTube, as well as on my website at winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others, and I hope you'll decide to join my community. You can become a fan of the show at winnieanderson.com slash fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox along with information, tips, and resources to help you consistently move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity so you position and pre-sell yourself as the unique solution provider you are so you can ultimately profit from your expertise. Like you, I'm sure, my life is crazy busy. I try to fit in time for self-care, and I'm always on the lookout for simple ways to help me manage myself better so I can continue to excel in work and in life. And it seems that, you know, when you start thinking about something, you suddenly notice it more and more. Like when you decide to buy a new car and suddenly you see that car everywhere. Well, the brain has a specific thing to focus on, so it starts focusing, and that's when it starts to notice. That's what's been happening with me and the topic of meditation. I first started investigating meditation when I was in a particularly stressful point in my life. My husband and I were living 500 miles apart. I was in full-blown recovery, dealing with issues from being an adult survivor of abuse, and we had family drama going on at the same time. I had heard that meditation could do great things and that people in all professions used it and they believed it had made a huge difference for them. So I tried it and I got nothing from it. (laughs) But like I said, as I started to think about it recently and read more about it, I thought, you know, maybe it's time to investigate this again. So I knew I needed to go to an expert and I figured you might be interested in it too. So I invited Brody Welsh back for another interview and was thrilled when she said yes. Brody is a licensed acupuncturist. She's a board certified herbalist and a Chinese medicine expert and a self-care strategist. She's the founder of Life in Balance Acupuncture in Corvallis, Oregon, and she has been treating patients there since 2003. In addition to her clinical practice, Brody shares her expertise to help caring, conscious women take care of themselves through innovative learn from anywhere courses and coaching programs on stress management, digestive health, the body-mind connection including movement oriented meditation and Chinese medicine. She's the creator and host of a podcast called A Healthy Curiosity. That show explores what it takes to be well in a busy world. So listen in as Brody explains what meditation is different styles of meditation, the benefits of meditation, and she'll share some tips for getting started. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your reflection exercise and action step for this episode. 
All right, so welcome, Brody. I am so excited to have you back. You are my first repeat guest for this show. Well, it's such an honor. Thanks so much for inviting me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So let's just go ahead and dive right in here. Um, I reached out because we've been, uh, I've been saying a a heck of a lot of stuff lately, which must, must be a reason, right, about meditation. And I'm very concerned about my own health, let alone the people that I come into contact with. And I think in terms of total health, so physical, spiritual, and mental health. And so when I started to see meditation coming up, I thought, all right, I think maybe I should address this with a show. So that's how we got to this point and how you got here. So let's dive right in and just what in the Sam Hill are people talking about when they even say meditation? Well, I could turn that question right back around and ask you, what what do you think they're talking about? (laughs) Well, you know, asking me that now probably gets a better answer than asking me that maybe two years ago or three years Mm -hmm. ago. To me, meditation has always been this combination of mystery and mysticism. Mm -hmm. So some of that is like just a little repellent to me. And and the reason why is because I have a foundation in faith. So I think I'm woo. I'm not woo-woo. So to, so I'm always a little nervous, like I'll cross the line or something into something that is just a little bit too out there for me. So when I think of meditation, and again, child of the 70s here, uh, you know, I think of the Maharishi and, uh, you know, and all, the, all these people with the beads and all this stuff. So I'm sure that makes me out to be a whack job. But, you know, so clear it up for us. What what is meditation? Sure. Well, I think that there really are a lot of myths and like it, meditation does conjure up a lot of different images for people. And is it the same thing as a, a particular spiritual path? It Can it be a totally secular undertaking? And it's like those are, I, I mean, I think that, that, that really the bottom line is that meditation is something that has been a part of spiritual traditions all across the globe from, you know, from as far back as time, probably, because essentially, I think at its simplest, meditation is taking the attention that's going to the outside world and turning it into intention, turning, like turning it back onto our inner world and really uniting the consciousness, like really like stepping out of the, the flow of the stuff of the mind to be the observer and to it and and really like I think it could be done for for reasons of health it can be done for reasons of emotional and mental health and happiness and it can also be done for for spiritual evolution and insight and I think it really depends on that that your intention matters the kind of meditation that you're practicing matters um it for what goals you want to achieve. And also just the fact that there are so many different types of meditation out there that there, it's really not a one size fits all thing, but, it, but it, and I think a lot of what's out there that people call meditation is in fact, mental manipulation and not right. actually meditation at all. Uh, and we can totally get into what, how I perceive the, the, the different, the different forms of meditation. My background it, it infuses a lot of different 
forms of meditation because I was raised without a particular path and I was a spiritual seeker from the get-go and it was kind of like raised in a household that really was not supportive of that. It was meditation is one of those things that I can't imagine my life without and that I got kind of in, you know interested in at an early age because I was so depressed and angsty and like needed a way to, um, it needed something. And so I was very much coming at it originally from a, a place of wanting it to be, wanting to connect with some aspect of my life that felt more real than, uh, than sensations that would come and go in my body and thoughts that would come and go in my mind. Okay. Wow. I had no idea. Uh, I really hadn't stopped to think about that there are these different styles, just like there are, I guess there are different styles of everything, different styles yeah. of thinking and, and approach. So okay, that's, that's really awesome. So then I guess my next question, which was going to be, well, what exactly is it, is kind of hard <laughs> to say then if there are these different strategies. So why don't you talk a little bit then about yourself and, sure. and the foundation that you tend to come from because I think you get it. So. Well, yeah, there, there's, and, and, I, and I can bring in a lot of different pieces here. So, because the journey has not been static. Okay. So when I was first introduced to meditation, it was, it was with somebody like the, the, what you're imagining, right? Sort of like my half sisters had a guru from, who, from India who would initiate you into this particular meditation path and give you a mantra. And, you know, it was this very, um, it, it was about enlightenment. It was about like here, I'm the guide. I've been here before. I can guide you through the inner planes. And, you know, here, here's this incredible spiritual gift of the ability to, to take these, these charged words that you repeat silently to yourself while, while having an internal focus in, in a particular part of your body and with a particular um, opening up to the emotion of love and devotion. And that, so, so abiding in this state and, and repeating a mantra would, would lead to spiritual evolution. And I realized actually that wasn't really my path. Like I didn't feel that, that heart opening love for a guru the way that a lot of people did. That's called bhakti yoga, right? This sort of dedication or devotional form of yoga. Um, I went to college and then I, I got hooked up it with this um, Jewish meditation chanting group, which was a form of meditating through sound, was taking these wordless chants and using sound as something to focus on and this, these simple melodies as a way of deepening into a state of, of just union with your sound, with, with the sound. And so it was the kind of thing where like people would chant together in these, again, vowel sounds, nothing, no words were being exchanged. There was nothing, there was nothing specific to Judaism about it at all. Uh, you know, like I, I'm not Jewish. I don't identify that way. But this idea of that this is what the, the mystics of this particular path um, would, would do. And, and so, and I would find myself utterly tranced out and transported by get it, by using the chant that each time the chant is repeated, each time the melody is repeated, I would deepen into this state of getting away from my mind, giving my mind something to focus on, okay. getting out of my head and finding myself in this utter state of bliss. And I was like, this is amazing. Then went on to, you know, left, left college, wasn't connected with this particular group anymore, um, found meditation 
on my yoga mat, right? The idea that that yoga is this union of body and mind. And really the whole point of yoga is to allow you to sit still long enough to actually meditate. <laughs> and, but, but that wasn't necessarily working for me either in the sense that it's really easy for the ego to get involved. It's really easy for it to be about like paying attention to you know to the physical form of the posture and and letting the, the traps of ego kind of get involved there, but um, but this idea that rather than trying to transcend the mind and to like rise above it in Chinese medicine and in Qigong, we have this idea that the body is actually a gateway to meditation. And that, so, so the practice of Qigong, which is the union of, of breath and movement with, with uh, your intention, it can be a lot uh, for, for me and a lot of people with like very active, busy minds, a way of, of bringing the, the, the attention to the 10,000 things and making the attention one thing, or in this case, sort of the union between that breath and body. So rather than trying to to get beyond what the physical form is doing, it's about being able to unite that intention and use it as a, as a pathway in, which is kind of more along the lines of of uh, like the tantric yoga path, like that, which doesn't have to do with sex. It just has more to do with <laughs> more has to do with the imminence of the experience of, of our divinity, as opposed to the fact that it's in an afterlife or that it's okay. something that the body keeps us from. So those are all kind of the like that. Those are some pieces of of like my particular path, um, and the fact that there are. Um, and, and then, of course, mindfulness meditation is a word that gets kicked around. And so when I'm working with people in clinic, I'm clearly like I, I tend to be like people are there for uh, for health and happiness and they're not necessarily there to talk about spirituality. So um, it, so it, it becomes very, this very pragmatic thing. And I start with people. Um, basically just deciding to to pick your path. Are we going to do a more open-ended awareness kind of a cultivation practice or are we going to do a directed and focus kind of a practice? Because there's benefits to both. Okay. So you're really looking at you, the individual who is considering meditation. Yeah. You're looking at the problems that you have mm-hmm and the concerns and then which style of meditation is going to best address the concerns that you have is that a fair uh, statement? kind of I, I think it can even get simpler than that because it makes you it, that i feel like the way you phrased it implies that there's like a whole lot to consider <laughs> and i think that in general there is you know like in its simplest form meditation is basically relax and pay attention Okay. Right. So it's it which seem can seem kind of like a paradox, right? Because if we relax yeah, our focus yeah. too much, we float away from our right. awareness. Right. And if we pay attention, well, what are we paying attention to? Right. right. And yeah. so ideally, you're paying attention to attention itself. And that, that just the, that. So so really, if we if we're thinking about our for example, attuning to like if you can close your eyes, you can bring your your attention inward, you can turn on your internal faculties of awareness and attune to the subtle. It's really helpful to have a place to to focus that focus. And so a lot of times the breath is used because the breath is something that's always with us. You can't breathe for the past or the future. It's like just always here. So it's always something that we have the potential to focus on. And so it's it it can be that that is 
that really stepping outside the stream of thought to give yourself a focus. Now, other forms of focus, I mentioned mantra, I mentioned sound. You could also meditate on, you could stare at a candle flame or a pine cone. You could, you know, you could have a visual focus that you bring your awareness back to. You could have an awareness in your body, like in, in the Qigong tradition, we often think about lower Dantian or that place in our low abdomen that's set to be like our center. Um, the third eye is another popular place to, to kind of hone the focus and, and, and the, to, to concentrate awareness at a particular point. So those would be examples of, of, of really like practicing that, that have a focal point. But if somebody's like focused, hyper-focused in their daily life, perhaps what they need is not necessarily more focus. Right. Like perhaps the per- that kind of a person, it might be medicine to have a more open ended practice, which could simply be about relaxing and noticing. OK. And and le- like kind of like whenever a thought comes up, you just practice letting go of the thought and going back to being. And quite right. OK. OK. All right. Uh, that makes sense to me to a, to a degree. So then the the benefits of doing this. Yes. Are unique i'm going to guess then to the individual but can you talk about some of the benefits that people of course. Tend to experience yes absolutely well it's sort of that that open ended practice of letting go helps you let go in your life it helps you let go of of you know the there's there's the um in Buddhism, there's, or one, one Buddhist teacher has popularized the phrase, suffering equals pain times resistance, which I really like. So that basically, that as you resist something, you magnify how painful it is. And allowing, that just practicing letting go and allowing means that you're not suffering. Right? Like you've let go of your attachment to an outcome. You're, you've let go of how you think things right. need to be, of how you think things need to go. You even let go of who you think you are. And that opens up to you, that opens up the possibilities of who you could be. Because so many times, like if we think about getting stressed out, let's look at what that is. Like when we stress out, we are concerned, like we're very attached to a particular outcome. Oh my God, if yes. I don't make this deadline, something right. is terrible is going to happen. I, right. You know, that there's a sense of danger. There's a sense of impending doom if you don't get whatever it is done or if, if, right. the, if the outcome isn't what you want. But really, so often the threats to our ego it's just that. It's a threat to our sense of who we are as opposed to our actual survival. So when we meditate, we open ourselves up to realizing that, we not, that we're not what we do, that we can get less, we can detach from stress in general. We can also increase the pause between trigger and response because when we meditate, we practice not scratching every itch, right? We practice not responding to thoughts in a habitual way. So if the thought arises and you're like, oh, I've got to send that email, you don't jump up from your cushion and go send that email. The practice is stay stay. It's okay. We're refocusing breath, right? right? Refocusing pine cone, refocusing emotion of love or, you know, like whatever it is that, mm-hmm. that you're coming back to. And so, so I'd say like a, a, um, you know, and this isn't just me saying this, this is, this is scientific research that shows that people who meditate are less likely to feel reactive, less mm-hmm. likely to feel impulsive. Um, it really actually right. in a matter of eight weeks, and there's one study that, that, um, that I, I'm familiar with says that in eight weeks, 20 minutes of mindfulness-based meditation is enough to to grow the prefrontal cortex and to shrink the amygdala in terms of neural density, like wow. increasing the amount of neuro activation in the brain. So, because what wires together fires together, right. and we actually build our brain like we build our body with a, with repetition. You know, more reps equals more muscles, more more energy going to that system. So, the prefrontal cortex 
is the area that has to do with concentration. It has to do with equanimity, decision-making. So when we grow that, we are, we have, we're more resilient. We're more emotionally, we have a, a stronger platform. Uh, we're, we're less likely to be pushed off by the waves of life. We are more uh, ability to be caring and empathetic. We're more likely to stick to our goals because we can override that impulse to go run off and do something else. Right. We, we increase our focus and our ability to feel calm. We also decrease the natural age-related decline in the brain. It actually can lengthen telomeres, which are the caps on the end of our DNA strands that protect mm-hmm. the chromosomes and allow for like continual cell re- replication. So the longer a telomere, the more times a cell can divide and refresh in a healthy way. So if your telomeres if you can actually get longer, it literally is like extending your health and your lifespan, wow. <laughs> which is pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it also does things like it can heart, help with heart rate variability, which, uh, you know, which is what we need for our ability for our, our cardiovascular system to adapt, which is going to be healthy for us. It can lower blood pressure. It can give us greater states of flow, right? The creativity that, right. that most of us um, want if we're high performers or creative people and it helps you become aware of your own patterning and conditioning and I think it most importantly of all it is like the key to unlocking bad habits because it increases that time between trigger and response and that's what we need if we're going to really be like sort of in control in quotation marks of our lives yeah yeah I I would agree and that's kind of what I was thinking as I was listening to you that we do tend to just react to to so many things and it takes something and there are lots of somethings out there to break the pattern and create new patterns but we know that pattern creation is difficult when you're trying to break a pattern and create a new pattern because now you've got to consciously think about not taking that action that is the habit, right? It's, and, it, and yes, it's a vicious circle. It and that's is. What, that is one of the reasons that, that I, I coach groups that take a few months because it takes a long time to change yeah. a habit and to yeah. like really and to have that container of a foundation of like, okay, we're doing this. Right. It does, it right. takes consistency. And I don't think with meditation, it takes like, if if someone's interested in starting a practice, it's really the the w- one of the most common objections. Can you guess what when I suggest that people take time every day to meditate? What their most common objection is? I'm not. I don't have any time. Are you kidding me? Come Who's on. got time to meditate? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Sit around and do nothing. Come on. Right. Now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, it, right, because we consider that wasted time. Right. But you've you've got right. to consider the source. Who's who's saying that to you? What's yeah. the source of, you know, it's your mind. It's the thing right. that wants right. to be in control. Exactly. And so, so you've got to call BS on that. You know, like you always have one minute. I don't care how busy you are. You right. always have a moment to take a conscious right. breath. And so I encourage people to really make it non-negotiable and start small, but make it a sacred commitment to yourself. Yeah, I think that that's a great way to think about it. And as we continue to commit to and and function as independent professionals commit to that level of independence and creating that that self-employment you know that we dream of 
self-care, you know, you, you talked before in, in your previous episode, self-care is not selfish, right? Which I, I love that quote. And I think the more you want to achieve, I think there's almost this, you know, the sharpening of the saw thing from Lincoln that, that the more you want to achieve, almost the more important it is that you allow for healthy habits of healthy eating, plenty of sleep and rest, and then this extra mindfulness bit yes. so that you can really give your full energy when you need to give your full energy and you truly are continuously recharged almost i think yeah absolutely what you you just said it it's it's what allows you it it, it is it can be a source of energy especially uh, you know one thing that that i always recommend to to people as well is to do a bit of breathing before you sit down and meditate that that if you do some conscious breathing practices especially uh you know the yoga tradition is full of them and as is the qigong tradition abdominal breathing alternate nostril breathing kapala bhati breathing or skull shining breath like that are that are designed to like kind of open our internal pathways so that we can have access to what's inside so that you know basically kind of clearing off the cobwebs internally so that we can connect that that uh that can open us up to it it, that can be very energizing in and of itself for one um the other thing is you're going to be you're not going to waste as much time right that that idea of like measure twice cut once or like to take time to like set up you know to aim your arrow before you shoot you know like you're 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 if you can take a few minutes to meditate and then get clear on what matters most in a given day or in a given moment, you're going to be a lot less scattered and you're going to remind yourself that you always can come back to the present moment, which is going to keep you from galloping off into the future or, or worrying about what happens, you know, like that you still need to take care of. It's, it's, uh, it's training you out of reactivity. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's really fascinating as, as I look into it more and more. And so those of us who are, as friends tell me regularly, you're very linear. Um, those of us who are very linear, can, but who also have this creative side, can really struggle with this. And I think the key for me was the more creative people that I respect, that I learned that this is something they value and consider, as you've said, an important part of just their daily practices of being human, that this is an something that they don't negotiate on this is part of their regular day and that they schedule around it or they make sure that they fit it in in anywhere because it's called like walking it's like all you need your shoes and your feet and with meditation it's the same kind of thing right you don't it's not like you wear some special outfit you no equipment required yeah exactly exactly so can you talk then about guided meditation what is that and is that a good way to get started with meditation what yeah i think it i think it has its place i i don't know that i would put guided meditation Guided meditation is a way of helping some is using using uh, somebody guiding you through this is what you're doing with your attention. This is where you're putting your awareness. Okay, relax this. Okay, now imagine this. Okay, you know that. Right. And and basically, it's it's um it's like the paint by numbers. You know, like it's 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 totally it's it has a a wonderful effect in terms of of helping you uh the training wheels. It helps you to it helps you to do it eventually. 
the tra- you probably won't need the training wheels anymore. Like that, right, that be, right. being able to let go of that and being able to get curious, excuse me, curious about what's going on in, in your own subtle body, in your own, uh, in your own, like what your own consciousness is witnessing it, there. It's, it, it's just a slightly different thing. And, and I think that as you know, that one of the things we do in, in Qigong is we can often like be thinking about how we're moving energy through the body or how we're unblocking pathways and things like that. And again, I think that that, that is, that can be very therapeutic and it can be one of the ways that we can actually heal ourselves. It can be an amazing practice. Um, but it's still, your mind is, you're using your mind effortfully to do something. And so I would say that like, really, you know, like that, that practice, like, like training a puppy, right? The puppy, the mind is going to wander away and it's your job to lovingly guide it back. And so it's like having somebody else, like having a little gong in the background or having somebody say like, if you, if you've wandered off, come on back now. (laughs) Sometimes that can be wonderful and really useful. And I think ultimately it's just like you taking control of the reins and you, or the leash in this case, and guiding your mind back to, to the practice practice, um, is, is something that, that I think is, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with having a guided meditation, but I think that, that you could potentially get a different sort of thing out of your practice if you practice solely with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I like the explanation that think of it as training wheels, because I decided, all right, I'm going to figure this out. And so, of course, I'm like, well, where's the handbook? Where's the, you know, what am I supposed yeah. to do? And I had gone on to YouTube one day, and there on, you know, that landing page are all those suggested videos. And one of them was a Jack Canfield guided meditation, where first he explains about, you know, a little bit about, you'd like you just did in a very simplified way, what meditation is, and then, okay, I'm going to take you through doing this, and he talks you through it, and you, you know, it's not complicated, right, mm-hmm. so it was a very simple kind of thing to do, and I really only had to listen to it or watch it twice because it was so simple, you know, center yourself, breathe, and that, that sort of thing. And then I was able to follow his path of, all right, now, you know, feel this, mm-hmm. imagine this, mm-hmm. have it go around your body, you know, and you yep. can really then, in that kind of simple way, get, get started. So that, that was really what I was thinking of. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. It's and a great I'll, way to get started. I'll include a link to that in the show notes as well. So uh, one of the things that really put me off of meditation at first was like, well, what am I going to do with stuff pops into my head all the time, right? Which I know is the whole point. So I bought bought a a CD Mm -hmm. and I'm like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. This was a couple of years ago. And so I was listening to, it was Dr. Wayne Dyer, God bless him. And he was it was just too complicated. It was like now you, know, you want to get, it was called minding the gap or getting in the gap or something. And it was like, so you want to be in the gap between your thought and the space. And I'm like, my God, that's too hard. I can't even think about this. So really what is supposed to happen, correct me if I'm wrong, the thought is going to pop into your head and you don't follow it up with a follow-up thought. That was really what I was thinking yeah. of. That if the thought pops in your yeah. head, you just go, goodbye. And, yep. and just don't continue 
Yes. Yeah. I think at at its essence, absolutely. Like your heart isn't going to stop beating. Your mind is not going to stop generating thoughts. Like that's just what it does. And so rather than get mad at yourself or think that you're the world's worst meditator or that you're somehow special because your mind is so active, it's like, no, no, no. Um, Sorry, but you're part of the human race. Like that's just what, that's just how it works. And so recognizing that, okay, yes, my, my mind is, and, and of course the speed at which your, your mind is wild versus versus slow yeah. it tells you a bit about the pace of your life and how much space or lack thereof may be present i think that's actually a, re- a really useful thing to use your meditation practice for is to figure out what needs to change off the mat off the cushion um, but the the fact that yeah so if you if a thought pops into your head the idea is to you can notice it and sometimes like the te- the technique is to label it thinking or to label it worrying or to label it you know planning or whatever okay. it is like you can you can throw a little oh yeah there that is again and then refocus right you bring your focus okay. back to whatever it is you're focusing on or into kind of that direct experience of the now that that is without any particular aim okay all right wow all right so yeah Actually, as we're talking, like I'm about to, I'm entering in yet another certification program in a, another different kind of meditation because there are so many different kinds and I'm curious about them all and I'm curious about just that what different practices feel like. And so it's it's always like, and I always think like, yes, it's important to, to dig that well and to dig it consistently and, and, you know, to mix my metaphors here, you want to water the ground of your meditation practice until it bears fruit. So okay. it's going to take a little time. You don't plant the seed and then go like, where's the apple tree? You know, it's like there's, you, you do actually need to, to, to give it some time to germinate before you necessarily uh, can feel like you're getting water from your practice. And so just as you wouldn't like go to the gym for the first time ever, pick up a hundred pound barbell and be like, what's this, this stuff, this isn't for me, you know, like that you, you wouldn't have the same expectations of yourself. So being able to, and, and, and I actually wanted to circle back to something you said earlier about it being hard. You know, like that, and so, and yes, so what we know about willpower is that it wanes throughout the day, and so a really great idea is to is to do your meditation practice in the morning, like as close to when you get up as possible, because it is hard, and but the thing is, is that if you find, if you start your day from a place of centered presence, or at least, at the very least, connect with yourself before you connect with your phone, or the world, or email, like you're going to be so much more efficient, you're going to have far less on your mind before you've opened your inbox, than, than giving the world permission to, to knock you off of your your, your intention. So if this is a really like a little seedling of a habit that you're trying to nurture, it's going to be really important to, to do it early and to do it, uh, it really just before, before you engage with your work day. Of course, you can take a break at any point and meditate like any time that happens to work for you. But I highly, highly recommend early just in terms of the people that I've worked with over the years in bringing a practice online and making it stick, yeah. you know, that it's, it's super helpful to to do it before willpower wanes. Yeah, I would agree with you. And it's just like so many other things that have been proven that the sooner you can do them in the during the day, the better. The day doesn't get away with it's why exercisers, morning exercisers have the highest rate of sticking with it. They have the highest out, mm-hmm. outcomes because I did it. I mean, and you start your day, not only are you energized from endorphins and all of that, but 
you've just achieved something that most of the population won't. So yes, that exactly. in itself is a great motivator and, and a great way to start the day powerfully by having that morning exercise practice as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of this, all of this self-care stuff as part of, it's almost like the foundation of courage because mm-hmm. as we talked about in your first episode, which of course I'll include a link to in the show notes yeah. for this one, is that taking care of yourself is a courageous act when you're in a world moving a million miles an hour and that is saying, no, don't do that, do this. Oh, yeah. It's it's so courageous. And I I don't know if there's... uh, So uh, just this week, I wrote the, um, the taking what was it? It's a manifesto um, on taking care of yourself, the right to take care of yourself manifesto. And it's, so I can make that link available. And then in, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last interview or not, but that one of my participants in the last round of my coaching program just came up with this brilliant declaration, mornings are mine. And I love That's it awesome. because it's like all of those things that that the yeah. yogis and sages from from the Taoists to the Buddhists to uh, to the Vedic, um, everybody, you know, like everybody in the East is like, do all these things in the morning, like <laughs> exercise, yeah. meditate, you know, hydrate, um, you know, that yeah. c- connect with your higher purpose, figure out, you know, like align with your values and then go live, you know, like that. that's that, that's some really ancient wisdom from it. And that that we can all, I think, benefit from, and and so yeah, it does require a longer morning routine, and that might require getting to bed a little earlier. But really, if mornings are yours with all of these things, it's like it's so foundational in being able to give us the yin that enables the yang of life. Yeah, I agree with you, and and I know that you know when I was in at peak condition, and most of the time during the week, I worked out in the morning. Mm-hmm. I had my the classes, specific classes that I like to take that were only in the evening, and I would alter my behavior for them, but sometimes I didn't get there, but I never missed my morning workout because it's my morning workout. I mean, it exactly. was just, so it was like breathing to me. It was that yes. required and, and that sort of thing. So let's talk about how to, what's a good way to get started since there's so much you know, to learn about this, it, we don't want people to go, oh, I can't do it, it's too hard. So what right. what do you think would be a good way to get started? Well, I think the first thing to do, like what we know about habit change, right, is that there are major triggers for doing a new habit. So the first thing I would suggest is, is to take right now when you have high motivation is a time to make a structural change in your environment that will allow you to follow through. So I would say go pick a place like I use my closet. You know, I have my little I, and and find find like where are you going to do this and when are you going to do this? Make space for it in your life. Predecide that it's going to happen. Um, if it's not going to happen first, like for, for me, it's like it doesn't need to be on my calendar because I've been doing it for 20 years. But if it's not automated to that point yet, put it on your calendar, you know, like, or set an alarm, cue your habit somehow, or it comes right after teeth brushing and right before showering, or it comes, you know, figure out like, where does it stack in your routine that you, of things that you are already doing without fail. So then it will be more likely to happen and you can reward yourself. I would say, keep track of your progress, like decide that you're going to commit to make it small, make it digestible and bite-sized. Like I would suggest, I would say, try one minute. 
try one minute for a week, you know, like build on your success then make it five minutes, you know, like that. And, and don't go up too fast, like make it really comfortable and set a timer. I'm a big fan of timers because especially with meditation, the mind is the thing that you're trying to gain a bit of, of sovereignty over. I'm not going to say control. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so the idea that like, whether or not you're having a blissful, peaceful experience or a crazy wrestling with every thought that comes by sort of experience, you're on your cushion for five minutes, period. That's it. Like good or bad for win or lose. You're not going to judge yourself because it, it doesn't matter how any given, given day's worth of meditation went. It's just doing it. It's just that laying down the groundwork for that practice. And I would start, but I actually do suggest that people who haven't meditated before pick something to focus on mm -hmm. because otherwise it can just be like, it, I think that the, the direct perception, direct awareness of the present moment, all of, all it is in reality, it's like, that that can be, I think, a more advanced practice. And so I would say start with something simple. The breath is an excellent time-tested tool. Mm -hmm. And it can be as simple like um like Thich Nhat Han's teaching of like just simply like breathing in, I know that I'm breathing in. Breathing out, I know that I'm breathing right. out. You know, like or you can add intentionality Which is also to calming, that. Right? I mean absolutely I know that breath control yeah. is part of stress reduction and yes. so yeah. All of that. Yeah, and you can you can even you if you want to throw a little twist on that, you can breathe in an intention, right? I'm breathing in inspiration, I'm breathing in peace, right. I'm breathing out what I don't need anymore. You know, like the breath right. allows us to, right. to to be part of this taking in and letting go flow. If you you are somebody who likes to move while meditating. If you're if you're somebody that really can't sit still and that's actually agitating as it can be for some people with anxiety, then um, I have the world's simplest Qigong on my website, which you can download for free. And that's literally like that inhaling, the arms come up overhead, exhaling, the arms come down in front of the body, guiding the energy down to the low abdomen. And it's really that intention, like my feet are on the earth, my crown of my head is open to the heavens. I'm gathering energy from the environment. I'm smoothing it down and just doing that, you know, like do that for five minutes, you know, like it, it's, yeah. it's, it's so easy and you will feel, you will feel tremendously different, especially just allowing yourself to focus on the breath and like the, the breath will naturally smooth out. It will naturally deepen. You'll naturally be letting go of stress. So it's, it, it's the kind of thing where like, I almost think that if, if there's movement involved, it's easier to see those benefits early on. So if you need that yeah. kind of like quick, like, oh, this is actually working for me, like results, right. then, um, then you might, you might explore a moving practice as opposed to a seated practice. I, I don't think what is one is better than the other necessarily. Yeah, and I think that this whole concept, there's so many directions to go in based on that. This whole concept of there being these different styles, if you will, yeah. at first it might seem like, well, that's too stinking hard. I, how am I supposed to pick? But uh, taking it back to something we know, physical fitness. Mm -hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Ask somebody, ask 10 people how mm -hmm. to get fit, you'll get 10 different opinions and then yeah. throw in some other stuff they heard work for other people. Yes. So the point is what works to get you fit, the stuff you'll do. That's exactly. What yeah. So and, and what's juicy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it really, it's like that. I think that's really important to pay attention to that. Like it, if you're not getting out of your practice, like if you've been practicing for a few months, good faith effort, and you're not motivated to do it, you can consider like what's going on there because it, right. there's so many that like, but, but it, again, it's like, it's not like, 
um, you're not going to decide, well, exercise just isn't for me because I don't like skiing. You know, it's like, right. well, maybe you like swimming or maybe you like bicycling yeah. or, you know, that there's so many different, different strategies as you put it. So there's, uh, yeah, I would say like, give it, give it a fair shake and, and allow it to be something that, uh, like where, where you check in with yourself, um, yeah. periodically. Yeah. yeah. I think the other, uh, powerful piece of all of this is something I've been kicking around other than in addition to habit formation and and habit change is this uh, general idea about goal achievement goal attainment mm-hmm. objectives and mm-hmm. then in this concept of intention yeah and you know, i've been really thinking about them a lot because i came to the shocking realization i'm not in control of the universe really I, I know that I, I thought it was you the whole time. No, I've been blaming you forever. No, I'm oh, kidding. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm uh, not only am I not in control of the universe, I'm barely in control of myself. And so, the more realization that mm-hmm. okay, I can set this intention. I do have a general objective. Mm-hmm. This is my goal. Mm-hmm. But theoretically, since I don't run the universe. Mm-hmm. I have to be open, you know, I was talking to, to yeah. a client this morning and we were setting third, you know, fourth quarter goals. What, you know, mm-hmm. what are we going to, what are we going to shoot for? What's your, and what's your intention? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I said, well, you've got this goal, but is it perhaps too rigid mm-hmm. because, well, what if God decided you were winning the lottery? Exactly. Right. But yeah. no, I uh-huh. have to have it this way. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's this thing that just com- it does come with practice, and you start yeah. developing this comfort with setting that intention. Mm-hmm. That is my that's the goal I would like would mm-hmm. be to have this kind of money, and I would like it to come this way. But I'm okay if it comes this way. <laughs> yeah, and right. and just to to jump onto that thought for a moment. I think it can be really useful to to actually contradict what I just said a second ago, um, which is that that if you take tor- an attitude towards your meditation practice, like I'm going to open this box of gifts. I don't know what I'm going to find, but I'm going to just I'm just going to do it because it's the kind of thing where like. That there, because really, it would not be in every major world religion, religion, spiritual tradition, and and used by the top performers across all industries right now if there wasn't something in it for you. But a lot of times, if we go into it, there's this quid pro quo attitude, like I'm going to sit for ten minutes a day, and damn it, I'm going to have like this result. You know, it's like I don't know that it works that way, and and especially with this idea of grace, right? Like that there is. There is, there's no accounting for, for the realizations, the enlightenment experiences, the access to our higher self or to divine guidance or however you want to put it, that, that you can't force. But what you can do is create a space for it, right? You know, like that it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, where that, there, that, that phrase, like enlightenment is an accident, you know, and meditation makes you accident prone, you know, like that it's that you're, you're allowing, if you never allow the space, if you're always, if your life is always so full of you that you never get out of the way, like, you know, good luck receiving any guidance. You've got to empty your cup in order to have it filled. And so if you are looking to meditation for, for answers to questions, you know, like that's another way to approach it is to sit there with a question and just hang out, 
you know, like, or to abide with a question during the day, but leave meditation to be a time where you're listening, where, you know, you've got your internal faculties of receptive, a receptivity attitude on that, um, that, that, that could be your intention, but you're, you can't force it. It's like doing a rain dance. You're encouraging, you're like, okay, I'm, you know, like, we'd really like this rain to happen, like, but we're not, we're not the rain maker, right? We're not the one that doing it. It's, uh, we're creating a space to allow. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. So I could go on for hours with you. <laughs> Thank you so much. But everybody's welcome. Be happy that I'm not. Um, so let's talk about that. You mentioned that you have uh, something on your site that's free to download. That yeah. Folks, so why don't you tell folks a little bit about what it is that you do? We we sure. didn't have that first episode, but we'll fill them in. Yeah. And then how can they learn more and and get started on this? Sure. Well, they can head to BrodyWelch.com, Brody with an I-E, Welch with a C-H. And what I do, so my background is Chinese medicine and so acupuncture, Chinese herbs, lifestyle and diet, uh, teaching people how to take care of themselves. And it's since evolved into uh, coaching people on the core competencies of self-care and dialing in those core habits that everybody needs in order to be healthy and thriving. And so if you're interested in a little structure, support, and accountability for doing things like exercising and meditating and want to do that with a with an eye towards how did the sages and of Chinese medicine and the ancient yogis do it, that that's what my program is rooted in. And so you get a little insight as to the energetics of life, the yin and the yang of life, the elements of life, and, and what we could be doing to bring ourselves into balance. That's the kind of thing that you get along with, I seem to attract high achieving women who have difficulty putting themselves on their own to-do list. <laughs> so if you need help re- recognizing that you have the right to take care of yourself, you can go to brodywelch.com. There will be that many options to download the manifesto. You can also download a free breathing break, which is a, an audio meditation that I recorded to give people a place to start about abdominal breathing and, and starting that relaxation process. Right. Breathing is kind of has sort of been done to death. It's like everybody's got that, but not everybody has the world's simplest Qigong, which I call balancing yin and yang, which is this thing that I just led people through earlier. So if that's interesting to you, you can head on over and and grab that. I have a lot of interesting resources on my site. And if you're interested in, in working with me, I also have a podcast called The Healthy Curiosity. And uh, the the coaching program is called 11 Weeks to Level Up Your Life. And so it's really, it's like, it's a three-month container long enough to bring new habits um, into automation so that you can focus on what really matters to you. And um, that that runs a few times a year. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll have links to all of that as well. And Great. Brody, thanks again. I just so appreciate your time. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I love talking about this stuff because it's it really is one of the most important things that people can do to take care of themselves. And that is my mission in life. So thank you. All right. Well, I hope you found that helpful. Now, if you like this episode, I hope you'll share it with those in your networks and communities and leave a positive review on the platform where you're enjoying this. And you can become a fan of the show, remember, at winnieanderson.com slash fans. When you do, You'll receive episodes emailed to you, and you'll receive information, tips, and resources to help you break free from self-doubt, fears, and disempowering patterns, as well as strategies to help you profit from your expertise by positioning and pre-selling yourself as the unique solution provider you are. All right, so your cocktail exercise. That's what I call reflection exercise. You know, picture yourself with your feet up, resting someplace fabulous with an appropriate beverage as you think. Of course, alcohol isn't necessary, and don't drink and drive. Okay, 
So your cocktail exercise. I want you to think about how hard you work and how crazy busy your life is and the things we know now about stress and its impact on health and functioning. I don't know about you, but I'm often more productive when I do less. Crazy. I'm more productive when I take good care of myself and when I'm laser focused on the most important and impactful activities. So think about, do you schedule your daily life so you're cultivating wellness, calm, and creativity? Could meditation work for you? And if you're a person of faith, does meditation fit with that foundation? Personally, I think it does. In Psalm 119, it says, oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Remember, Brody talked about making yourself open to answers. Well, that's sort of what I see meditation as. It's, it's an extension of my prayer life and a deeper way to open myself to direction and answers. So here's how I do it. After morning prayer, I reflect on the scripture readings. You know, and to do that, I'm starting to close my eyes, focus on my breathing, and then I ask for wisdom on what I read. How does, you know, what I read apply to me, my life, my work? What message should I be sharing that's related to that reading? And I ask for wisdom for the day and blessing for my work for that day. So to me, that's meditation. That's my meditation. The other piece to meditation to, for me is self-awareness. I think it can help in reflecting and becoming tuned into you know, what you're doing that's working and not working for you. The key to moving forward in life and in business is tuning into what we do that holds us back, right? That's part of creating a new life is for ourselves is, is tuning into what's working, what's not working, and where's that gap? between what we want and what we have. So what can we do to move forward with courage, confidence, clarity, and consistency? All right, so your action step. I want you to schedule time in every day for reflection and quieting your mind to be open to the answers to your questions. And, and I also want you to ask bigger and better questions as you do this, because this is something I've been working on too. So for example, why don't I have more clients is not a big question. It sounds like a big one, but it's not. It actually is whiny and self-centered. So it's not a powerful, abundant, focused question. So I would ask, a, a, in my opinion, a better question, a better version of that question would be, how can I get my message out in a bigger way so it reaches those who need it? I think that's a better question because it's other-focused. You know, there's also a element in scripture where that says you know you we don't get because we don't ask and I and then there's also that we ask you know our asking isn't good and I think the problem with our asking is often we're asking for things that are self-centered they're not focused on serving so that's what I'm starting to ask a lot of questions about how can I serve better how can I be more impactful and then open myself up to the answer because the answer isn't going to come through harder work and it's going to come through that inspiration that you know comes from the divine comes from the lord so 
think about that. And as you experiment with styles of meditation, be sure to take into consideration its alignment with your faith beliefs, you know, whatever your those beliefs may be. You want to make sure that you are always acting in alignment with your faith. Another action you can take to begin to strengthen your awareness is join a community of like-minded peers who can help you stay accountable to yourself and focused on your most important activities and goals. You can learn more about the action taker group that I run by visiting winnieanderson.com slash action. All right. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back with another episode of The Courageous Entrepreneur soon. And until then, remember, you're worthy of all the success you dream of.